Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Beyond the Brand Podcast. Alex and Evan here with another awesome episode on this beautiful Monday night in New York City with two great football games matched up for tonight. My Green Bay Packers are looking very good, and I'm excited to see them get another victory at home. If they don't, my bank account may look a little dry for the next couple weeks. That, I blame DraftKings and Jersey betting rules. Aside from that, the boys unfortunately watched LeBron and the Lakers lose their first game against the Miami Heat in this year's finals. As they look to bounce back, the boys specifically wanted to drop this episode in honor of the finals and a special guest who is very good friends with LeBron James. You may have noticed him in the documentary More Than a Game or squatted up as a member of St. Vincent St. Mary's Fab Five. Have you guys ever wondered where the rest of the four are at today? Well, he's a well-known name in Akron, Ohio, growing up with LeBron James and creating his own path to success. Willie Chilwell McGee is his name. So guys, stay tuned to listen to some great stories from the hometown friends, where his path went after high school and where he is at today. Please like, subscribe, and comment on all social media platforms, and we appreciate the support. Brucey boy, take it away for us. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! Recording out of New York City, New York. Welcome to the Undisputed Greatest Podcast in the World, Beyond the Brand! Yeah, so we want to thank you for coming on, Willie. Uh, It's a pleasure to have you here. So uh, take us a little bit through... I know you're originally from Chicago, correct? Yeah. Um, Tell us a little bit about growing up in Chicago, kind of where the love for basketball came from, love for sports, uh, and then kind of how you ended up over in Akron, Ohio. I was born in Chicago. Uh, mother and father uh, were addicts when I was growing up. So, uh, but they had, we, I had a close-knit family, and they did a great job with my brother and sister. So when I was growing up, uh, my, my mother and father separated, and dealing with their addictions, my grandmother started raising me. And after she passed away, my, my sister kind of stepped in and, and really forked the load. You know, I lived in a house with a lot of my family. So it was definitely, a, it took a village uh, to, to raise uh, what was going on with me and the rest of the kids in the house. But my, my sister shouldered the load. And so she ended up having three kids of her own. And my brother at that time was at the University of Akron man for Coach Huggins. He was at Akron at the time, recruiting from Chicago to play there. And financially, he was helping us out a lot. And it really helped my my sister. Uh, He brought me to Ohio uh, so she could manage her kids and he can assist with me. And and eventually, I was here for probably a year, year and a half. He brought my mother and my younger brother up to live with him as well. And so that's kind of how we migrated to Ohio. My, my brother was a really good basketball player out of Chicago, uh, received a scholarship from University of Akron with Coach Huggins, uh, and was, I think, 92. He graduated, him and my sister-in-law, uh, my, his girlfriend at the time, but my sister-in-law now, 
uh, brought me in. And then they, you know, brought my mother and and younger brother here. But basketball, you know, I was second nation when I was growing up. It was the Bulls, Chicago Bulls. Uh, they had one, one a three-peat, you know, and um, Jordan retired and, you know, that's going through all of that. So all I knew was basketball. I wanted to be like my big brother. Uh, you had Michael Jordan and the Bulls as an example of all the success and, and how to how the community and the city really rallied behind them. So that's all we knew. So basketball was, was my first love growing up. Right in my home, I had a, a Sears parking lot where it was hoops. So to go out and play basketball, it, it was as common. How uh, how old were you when Jordan first that after that first three P? Like how old were you around then? Well, I I was I would say about eight because I moved up in '92. I think that was the third the third championship. I mm -hmm. believe I think that was about right. So I was about eight or nine. I would say so. I definitely knew what was going on. Love sports was locked in. Didn't miss a game, and you know. <laughs> See, I, I try I try and compare it because like my cousin grew up in that, that era with Jordan too. And we grew up with Le like LeBron, who was our, our guy, like around that same age, our whole life. So trying to compare it. I just, I just, I'm, that whole, the last dancing, which was crazy. I try and like put in perspective, like what it was like back then with Michael. Like he was like a God, right? Like he was just a man. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, let alone across the world, but to be from Chicago and that directly affected us and gave us a sense of pride, you know, obviously, uh, I wasn't in football as much when I moved up here. I didn't begin to love football until I was in Ohio, but I knew about the Bears and Walter Payton and stuff like that. So they had just came off their successful run and then it seemed like the Bulls had took over. So it was a lot of pride in Chicago with athletics. You know what I mean? Then we had the Blackhawks, stuff like that. So I didn't follow hockey at all, but obviously I knew it was Chicago's team and, and things like that. Um, but very comparable. You know what, what LeBron did? representing Ohio and gave us something to be proud of and playing deep into the playoffs when other teams wasn't playing and have a marquee superstar legend, GOAT, like LeBron, you know, very comparable to to Chicago during that time and what MJ represented for Chicago. Yeah, I was about to say, you know we got to get your take on who who's the GOAT. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, man, it's coming up all the time. Uh, I'm going to be honest, man, I, I, I would have to say – Michael Jordan is the best player to me, and LeBron's my best friend. Uh, but I think that goes back to LeBron can never be what Jordan was to me at a young age. You right. know what I'm saying? I think that that's the reality of it. What Jordan was to me growing up and me wanting to be like him and em emulate him and things like that, you know, Brown was never that to me. Brown was one of my good friends that, that I admired and I enjoyed watching, but he never had the impact Jordan had on me. Uh, and then you you know you break it down to to player and, and what they do and what they what they contribute to the game. I think it's definitely comparable, but to me it's a Jordan Kobe comparison, and then it's a Magic Johnson Lebron comparison. So to me, Michael is the best shooting guard. Bron is, if not the best all around or the best point guard type player. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I kind of look at him. It. It's like one A one B. Um, and you, you compare LeBron to Jordan because he's, you know, obviously the greatest ever, but to me, he's the best kind of lead guard. You know what I mean? Because he always has the ball, assists, getting people um, engaged, making the right play. You know what I mean? Uh, but then Jordan Kobe is that, that scoring mentality first and things like that. So it, it, it's kind of, you know, uh, opinionated what you, what you like best. But, you know, Jordan to me, because, you know, growing up, man, 
watching Jordan and going and practicing that fadeaway, this, this, and this, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but LeBron James, what can I say? I mean. <laughs> but, like, even but even LeBron is, like. Games, I'm just not in, in that point in my life where I'm going and, and you know, working on the Euro or fadeaway threes and right. stuff. Right. Well, but even LeBron has said, like, and he and he pays his respects to, to the guys before him. Like he said, he looked up to Michael and all them growing up. So, I mean, it, it obviously, like you said, you're in that, that young age. Like the way we were that age, we looked yeah. at LeBron. So, for us, we looked up to LeBron the way you looked at Jordan, which is – So, I, I respect your answer a lot. Yeah, because <laughs> we get some people who tell us – and we're like, we're heavy. We'll defend LeBron to the end. But, like, yeah. we get some people who, like, just kind of are arrogant about it. And it's like, I mean, you got to at least have an open mind to, to the conversation. It's not like. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, you know, I've, I'm in group chats with, with my friends, with LeBron and the Fat Five. And you know, I'm in a group chat with my brother and his guys he grew up with that he played ball with at the University of Akron. So I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting both sides. And then you watch uh, the, the doc that just came out with, with Jordan and stuff like that, which was so fun to watch for me, man, because I remember those times. But. You know, being a former athlete, you know it's so much more behind the scenes that you don't see. You just see greatness, but you understand the hard work and stuff you got to go through. So to see see that was so, like, man, it, it doesn't change over time. It's consistent. Everybody goes through things, but the professionals, the ability to block stuff out and continue to focus on the object at hand or not like your coaches, but you're doing it for your teammates. You know what I mean? Those are real-life things that people go through, but they don't think the superstars go through them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, they think you just roll the ball up. Excuse me, and magic happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really refreshing to watch that. And, you know, I, LeBron, the, the argument is there. And I, I'll be the first one to argue. Like, you know, they just hold on. And now what's crazy is I say that, but I find myself arguing for Brown more because I feel like they, they are just so unrealistic with how it's just Jordan. No, I definitely think it's a comparison, you know what I mean? Or, yeah. or it's close, you know, they're neck and neck, you know what I mean? Yeah. Man, and nowadays with, like, social media, back then, Jordan would have got eaten up. So, man, it, Rodman, oh, my God, they would have tore him apart. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> man, this social media right now is a gift and curse, you know what I mean? The ability to brand and market. But yeah. if it is used right by – the kids or adults, you know what I mean? It, it can be a downfall. You know, I've, I've had to let coaches go from things that they put on social media or I have to uh, discipline athletes for things they put on in the spur of the moment just because they upset and not understanding the impact that it has on, on on their future or job, employment, scholarships, and stuff like that. Yeah. And you see that, and you see that more and more now, like you're saying, like especially our age group, all these guys are coming out. Like I remember like the NFL draft, Josh Allen, couple years ago when he was getting drafted he tweeted some something dumb back in high school right. I, think, I think it was like a racist thing and hurt his draft stock yeah. and then there was uh I mean you hear it all the time now but you're right and they people should be more educated on that when they when they go to college I know my buddy played football at Notre Dame and when he went they had like a whole a whole like segment now they had some guy come in and basically like ripped them all apart like went through all their old tweets like everything and he just kind of said like if you want to get drafted you better get you better get your shit together when you're absolutely right and that's something that that I speak to my, my parents and student athletes at the uh, beginning of the year, you know, it, there are consequences to things that you put out there. I want y'all to understand that this opportunity for us to teach them and, you know, uh, as young adults, you know, the expectation doesn't lessen, you know what I mean? So, uh, but it, like I said, it's a gift and a curse. If it's used the right way, it's, it's a great tool to have, to keep you in touch with friends and 
market yourself, market your brand. You can be self-sufficient in a lot of ways. So, um, you know, as adults, we just first we have to master it and show some self self-control, but then go on and try and educate these kids and help them understand the, the impact it has. Right. Well, see, and that, and that and that's to your point, which is something we try to talk to a lot about. You know, former athletes and things like that is when they build their brand, especially now you get kids in college, right? Like college athletes, it might be the, the peak of their life or the most popular they'll ever be during the NCAA tournament. So if you have social media, you blow up, that's how you build a platform, right? And then you could build things off of that. So I think it's important, it's an important tool, but you got to know how powerful that tool is. Like to, to what you're saying is, you know, there's consequences to, to the things that you put out there. So I definitely agree with that. But um, take us a little bit about into your decision to go to Mount St. Mary's, Mount, Mount Vincent St. Mary's, sorry. Take us a little bit about your decision to go there. Um, and then kind of who was the first of the crew that you met when you moved out there of the, of the, of the Fab Five? Well, LeBron was actually the first person I met. When I moved out here, I was a big young, young guy, uh, never played uh, sports before. I was a big basketball player. And play pick up all the time, but never play for a team. So my brother was still playing, and he was going to the YMCA. And so uh, with that, uh, LeBron was playing football at the time, and he ended up uh, with things that was going on in his life, staying with Coach Frankie. Coach Frankie ended up being our first league basketball. Uh, and uh, Coach Frankie and my brother played basketball at the Y. So it was him, uh, Frankie Walker. Coach Frankie's son and Brandon Williams always used to be up at the Y. So I met them first, and they was like, "Well, we starting a team, or we haven't." It was it was annual to them. They always all, always played. So he was like, "Man, you should bring Will out, and you know we'll get him on the team." So the first team I ever played on was with LeBron, and we actually that first year <laughs> beat Lil Drew in the championship, <laughs> in the ARB championship. That's funny. And it was a great game. Went to overtime. Double overtime, it was uh, sudden death because the next team was coming on, and Brandon Williams hit the game winner. But with that, that Brown was the first person I met. Uh, I was a year older than him, so I had a lot of trials and tribulations in Chicago. Uh, with my mom not being there, my my grandmother really couldn't walk, so I just really stayed in the house, <laughs> coffee and watch soap operas. All my children, <laughs> stuff like that. I do not. I won't lie to you. So I flunked the grade. So I'm a year older than LeBron and the rest of them. Uh, so with that, uh, when I moved to Ohio, I was, you know, behind. I could barely read, write, things like that. Now, math and other things, I was uh, off well in, but I struggled. So I had to go to special ed. Um, so when so when we started playing, it, it was a huge plus for me that my brother started using that as motivation. Like, well, if you want to play, you got to get your grades together. You got to be disciplined for the time, man. And, you know, I, I did what it took to play. Uh, outside of that, um, I played one year with Brian, then I had to move up because it was 8 to 10. I was 10, they was 9. Then I played 11 to 13. And then, you know, I went to school, junior high. I didn't go to school with Brian and them. Uh, so I played for my junior high team. And so by seventh grade, uh, LeBron, Drew, Sheehan, they were on a, a travel AAU team. And Coach Drew reached out to me for me playing on another team and asked if I wanted to play. So with that, I ended up uh, joining them for seventh grade, eighth grade, joining them, end up starting on the travel team. That's when we took, <coughs> excuse me, second in the country at YBOA Nationals. So with that, I was sold on Garfield was my, my school I was traditionally supposed to go to where Antoine Winfield and Benny Wells went. That was my district. Uh, so with that, but I started getting them recruited 
by a coach from East High School, so they showed attention. So I kind of wanted to go over there. I knew some friends that was going, but Drew, Brian, Sheehan were all going to book them at the time, and that's where Coach Drew was assistant coaching at, uh, primarily the all African American school in the school uh, in the district or in the city, and they were pretty good. They had just had a, a guy, Dolan Robinson, go to Ohio State. Uh, probably one of the best ever playing in the city uh, before we were coming up. So they had a good rep athletically, football and basketball. Uh, so as I started playing with them, like, man, we should all go to school together. You know, you, you should come over to Bookta with me. So then that goes into like, all right, I, you know, I want to go. I want to be a part of it. I want to, you know, want to keep this thing rolling. Um, and then Ludrew was going to camps at St. Vincent, St. Mary, where Coach Dambrot that's currently at Duquesne. He was our coach at St. V. He was holding Sunday night clinics. So Drew just flipped his trip like, I don't want to go to Booker. I want to go to St. V. I like Coach Danbrot, and he, the best players are going to play for him. It's not, I don't go over Booker and play for Coach Sims. And, you know, I, I've never even met him, but he, he just had a better vibe with Coach Danbrot. And so everybody like, okay, you know, let's go to St. V. You know what I mean? So to me, I always want to be like my brother. So when that happened, I was a little nervous. Like, well, I haven't met him yet, you know, Am I, will I be able to go or won't I? I end up meeting coach, end up coming to open gyms. He invited me to come as well with the rest of the guys. And that's kind of how we ended up at St. V. Wow. That's yeah. funny that LeBron was the first one you met out of that crew, too. When you yeah. First, yeah. yeah, he was the first one. We, we played together first. And then when I uh, started joining the team, I got dropped over Drew House. And I knew Drew because we had beat him. And then I met Sheon. And uh, when we played in eighth grade together, um, we played LeBron's team, and Romeo was on, on the team. And the funny thing about Romeo, uh, me and Romeo matched up because he was the tallest things out there. We ended up losing LeBron, but I had a pretty good game. I had a triple-double. I played good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I missed some crucial free throws at the end. But to say that, to say Romeo's cousin went to St. V. And before me and Romeo ever met, his cousin was like, man, my, 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 my cousin, dogs, my cousin did this, my cousin did that. I'm like, whoa. Your cousin didn't do none of that. I had, you know, I had this, I had that. <laughs> we met, we was kind of, and then we met each other and we started talking. He's like, man, I never said that. He said, I, you know what I mean? So it got into like, man, and you know, that's that's just how it happened, man. Uh, and then we all end up going, going to St. V. So did any of that, any of that turmoil spill over into when you guys started playing together at, at uh, in high school or no? No, not at all, because he, excuse me, he, he joined sophomore year, and, uh, but our playing was after freshman year, honestly. So that's when I met him. And so when we, when we talked, by the time we, we started playing and got on the court, we had got past all of that, you know what I mean? Uh, but when we first met each other, it was like, oh, okay, I heard about you. You know who I am, you know what I'm saying? And you just go from there, conversation, you start talking, roasting each other, and <laughs> come out, and truths come out, and you know, you got past it. We're, we're not temperamental guys, man. We put it out there, you know, get get to it. We're trying to win, you know, whatever it takes to win. It's so crazy. These memories just don't, like, go away at all. You remember missing those free throws, those crucial free throws. Man, I never forget it. And what's crazy, <laughs> I had a wide-open layup on a fast break, and I slowed down because I knew the guy was going to foul me. I wanted to end one. And missed the, the layup and then missed both free throws. I'm actually that made the layup. <laughs> so did did you ever have the chance to guard LeBron? Oh man, I got messed up with LeBron all the time <laughs> in high school. Because I, I I was never a starter, six man the best. 
I could play. I ended up hurting my shoulder my freshman year playing football. So I fell behind, man. Um, <clears throat> good skill. You know what I'm saying? Had a work ethic. Wasn't very athletic. Um, but I was like the sixth man for two years. So obviously the first group versus the second group, I'm at, Brown was my matchup. I knew it. That's just what it was. And I guess I thought I did better than, than I really did, if I'm going to be honest. I've seen a couple of highlights from practice. I'm like, wow, I didn't know he was doing me that bad. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, thought I, I thought I contained him. I thought, yeah, I thought I made him pass, but not knowing he was doing what he wanted to do. Oh. Uh, so I, my thing is, you know, I meet a lot of people, and the first thing they say, oh, you played with Brown. My thing is, yeah, Brown played with me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Smile start talking and my next thing is like yeah that's why Brian used to get in foul so hard because I was fouling I wasn't getting dunked on I was you know all of that uh, but yeah I, I messed up with Brian a lot man messed up with him a lot playing against him uh, when we came in as ninth graders we, we were really the same height you know what I mean or I might have been a little taller by the, by the time we won the state championship towards the end of the year he's probably like two two inches taller than me you know what I mean wow. and he just he, he ain't slowed down since and you did you guys know, like, when you went there? Like, I know, and obviously, you guys all knew each other. You were close, but like, did you guys know you had like a special group then? Like, you knew you were. We definitely felt like we knew we had a special group uh, by going down to the national championship and losing in the uh, national championship uh, by two points to Southern California All Star. We knew we had something special, and we did a lot of winning. We won a lot of tournaments coming up uh, against some pretty good teams. Some some names that that made the NBA and was. Uh, those were coming out of high school. So we definitely, excuse me, knew we had a good group. And I think people around us knew it as well. Coach Drew, Coach Cotton, Coach Dambrot, stuff like that. So I think the ability to keep that nucleus together was, was huge. I think that definitely contributed um, in understanding, you know, our, our roles and things like that. So after he left, um, like, what, what were your plans, like, after that, after high school? Well, basketball was everything until I hurt my shoulder, man, and I missed the summer. And it was after that, I felt like I was just behind. You know what I mean? I was doing what I had to do to get on the court. I fell into a defense and rebounding role for the team to play, whereas when I came in, I was a big that could handle a little bit. I was trying to move myself out to perimeter. Uh, but then I just fell into my role. I had to do what I had to do to play. And, um, you know, I got hurt. I, I wasn't supposed to play football. They told me not to my mom and, you know, and I did anyway, got hurt. Then I had to have surgery. And then the year I, I had the surgeries, my sophomore year, it kind of uh, went into, you know, Brian and she, I'm still playing. I want to be out there. I couldn't play basketball. So, you know, I'd be the water boy on the team just to be around my friends. And uh, I started throwing seven on seven and never played quarterback before. And they was like, well, you know, you should try out for quarterback next year. Like, man, I'm not playing no more. I got hurt. My mom said, no, you know, this, this, and this. But I threw because the quarterback had tendonitis, so I threw and did pretty good, got noticed. And uh, the next year, I don't even know why I didn't go to go to uh, tour days, but I'm at home playing video games, and my coach called me. And he's like, well, we need you, Will. We want you. You should come out and play. We can teach you this, this, and this. I'm like, man, you got to talk to my brother, because if you talk to my mom, she's going to say no. Talk to my brother. I gave my brother number. So the next day I'm out there playing, playing, learning quarterback. And so that matriculated into I played my role. My love was for basketball. But in football, I was a, I was an important part of the, of the game. You know, I, honestly, I feel like in high school they could have won or lost without me. You know what I'm saying? That that's just how good we were. But in football, 
it was uh, I was an integral part of the team. So I, I, I love that feeling. I wanted to I wanted the pressure to have to perform and this, this, and this, and that transition and to me uh, getting a scholarship at a Division II uh, football program out in uh, West Virginia, Fairmont State. So that kind of that's how I kind of ended up in playing football in college. Uh, honestly, I, I was looking to go to HBCU. Got accepted to Grambling and Howard. Went on a visit to Howard. They said they want to be a preferred walk-on. I might get a scholarship next next year. And Brian said, "Man, I I'll pay for you first year, man. I believe in you. If that's where you want to go, you know what I'm saying. You don't got the money. Your family got the money. I'll take care of it." But my sense of pride was like, "No, nah, man. I want to do this on my own. I want to. You know what I mean? Uh, and you know, I'm gonna take the scholarship, and make the best out of it in West Virginia. And that's kind of how it happened." Huh. Crazy. That's dope that he offered to do that, though. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's a testament to your guys' friendship. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Uh, it's just lifting, man. Brian is a genuine guy, man. I can think where, you know, everybody had video games and stuff like that. I'm, I'm probably like two games behind. I got a Dreamcast, and they made me on like a PlayStation Two or something like that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm getting beat up in the video games when we playing and stuff. My excuse is like, man, I don't got this game. You know what I mean? My people can't afford it. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, we have football practice. I come from football. And what's crazy, my, my lock was always next to Brown, whether it was in football or basketball. I look in there, I got a PlayStation 2 in there. And, and Brian had his, uh, had somebody get it for me and put it in my, my locker while I was at practice. And it was, you know, just little stuff like that, man. It's little stuff people don't know. But my mother passed, you know, uh, my, my brother, my brother does well. He's a vice, one of the vice president at Orient House Community Correction Facility. So with that, you know, I think he had things covered. But uh, my friend Drew and Romeo gave him some money to help out, knowing knowing the situation, and uh, so did LeBron. But we at the funeral. After the funeral, we we get in the in the, uh, and they all came to support, and we get in the limousine to kind of go to the burial. He he gave me like a ziploc bag with money in an aluminum foil and put it through, put it through the window and give it to me. You know what I'm saying? To cover the whole thing, and it, it, you know that just speaks to how close we were. And you know you don't know how much that meant to me uh, for you know him and and Drew and Brian, not Drew, Drew and Romeo and Brian to really help out and take that pressure off my my brother at that time because he he really had to shoulder it all. And you know he he found means to do it, but. I knew that it, you know, it, it was a lot for me. And at that point, I didn't have it, or my sister didn't have it, and things like that. So, man, when I tell you they brothers for life, man, it's nothing that I, I wouldn't do for them. So yeah. that, I mean, like, and you see it today, all the stuff he does. Like, I mean, it's just it's him being a genuine person that goes back to his roots and all that. Which oh, is... absolutely, absolutely, man. It, that is that's one hundred. You're right. Uh, from where he came from, and understanding the obstacles we went through, and what. Coach Drew, Coach Cotton, Coach McGinley, you know, all of the Coach Tribble, all of them did for us by um, investing time in us and giving us avenues to, to go out and play the game we love and to see the world. Those things that, you know, that he's trying to afford uh, other kids opportunity to through education, helping their families out and stuff like that. Uh, so, he, you know, he's been doing that for a long time. Tell me a little bit about uh, – well, I actually have one question, quick question about – him in high school football because I hear you hear things. Was he was he as dominant as they said he was? Oh, he 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 was he's probably more dominant, man. You you know when you play and the thing I guess it is with Brown when you play with him, and I played with him rather. I didn't understand how great he was. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because to me, I'm competing. I'm trying to be better than him. He's not that good. I'm picking out flaws. You know what I'm saying? Like, he can't go left. He can't do this. He can't shoot. But, he, you know, he's improving on all that. But he, whatever he could do, he was dominant. Even that 8 to 10, you know, he was making left-hand layups when other people was trying. Um, but to say that, to say, I didn't really realize his greatness after the fact. You know what I'm saying? That was in basketball and football. So I go to college, and I got a receiving group coming in with me, and then starters, you know, senior starters that didn't have the skill set LeBron did, the ability to run after the run with the ball after the catch or make adjustments to to the ball in the air or make a one-handed catch. Now, granted, I was on a D2 level, but you would assume we had a lot of transfers from University of West Virginia that was high major guys, uh, but they still didn't have the skill set LeBron had in the game. You know what I'm saying? So then that that's when you – really realized like man he is he was special you know what I mean and then you you start looking at the game of football whether it be you know ACC Big Ten NFL and you see some of his skill set out there with them but then you think well Ron can do that and he's six eight two two something and these guys you know five eleven six one you know there's a big difference right. um and then with basketball I, I, I bullshit you not, when it really resonated to me how great LeBron was, was after college, I'm coaching basketball in North Carolina, and they did, I think it's ESPN, they did the timeline, from, they did a special on LeBron from when he started playing to where he was, I think he was with the Cavs, or maybe Miami, and that timeline was just jumping back and forth and kind of piecing, puzzles, piecing the puzzle together, and they showed his time ABCD camp, you know what I'm saying? And and they had they had this that I've never seen before. And to play with Brian is to know when he's just playing and he's just out there, maybe not comfortable just playing and pick up and filling people out to when he's locked in and he's dominant. You know what I'm saying? And they show four or five clips against some high major guys that were in North Carolina or was above him and stuff like that. And all the expressions on his face wasn't that he was in that dominant mood. He was just out there filling the game out. And he became the number one player in the country, and he wasn't even like in that. You know what I'm saying? Now, I remember when we went to ABC, he had stories and came back. You know, growing up, he was always a matchup problem. So for somebody his size, they weren't that skilled and coordinated. But then somebody that, that was as skilled and coordinated, they were too small. He was using his size against them. You know what I'm saying? So I never really – seen nobody match up with him that was kind of built like him. You know what I'm saying? And him and Drew are the hardest critics on players. They say good, they go, oh, he ain't that good. He can't go left. You can force him this way. You know what I mean? They, they just students of the game. And with that, um, we were playing Matt Walsh that ended up going to Florida. And he, and you know, Brian gave, gave him some credit. Like, man, he good. And then he said, uh, man, they got all these people in Slam Magazine. I want to be on the cover of Slam. Two months later, he on the cover of Slam. So that's when I was like, oh, man. He he he's bigger than I, you know what I'm saying? I'm giving him credit for it. He's just a friend, but he, he's growing naturally. When LeBron played Durant in that pickup football game, I was like, yep, he's a real deal. <laughs> he could definitely compete. <laughs> Let's backtrack to the, the five touchdowns because that, that part got kind of cut up. Yeah. Who yeah, did man, you, that, those, that five, those five tutties, who did you throw it to? Uh, I think I might have had, I think I had three LeBron. The last, the last one I threw uh, to was show guy that played played at Glenville, and I don't know who the fourth one, but I knew I, I know I had five. It might have been to Rich Fall. 
bronze agent right now over over a clutch. I think he caught one. That's dope. If I'm not mistaken, I have to go back and watch it and see if I can find it. Um, but I threw two picks. One was a pick six to Kevin Durant. He fast. He extremely fast. He tall and he's a bronze type. He's a, you know, a freak of nature. You know what yeah. I'm saying? He's just thinner, honestly. He was catching and throwing and running. You know, he's an athlete. Well, it was a great experience, though, man. Great, great, great to get out there and compete, man. So he, he's he's much faster than he looks, Durant. Yes, he's yes. Long he took yeah. one up the sideline, and I'm not fast at all, but I didn't <laughs> know he was that fast. Let's say that. <laughs> Them little legs was moving. <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to like re re go over it, but like we, we we were kind of cutting out on you. We didn't have it recorded, but if you could just talk on uh, more than a game about you touring again. Oh, oh man, the tour the tour was amazing, man. I think what did I say? What is it? It was a ten city tour. Mm-hmm. Um, I only could go to five because the other five was overseas and I was in school, you know. And uh, and all of us really couldn't go to all of it because we went. To, Drew and Rome had to leave early to go back overseas and play. Uh, me and Sheon was in college. He uh, Sheon was finishing up his undergrad. I was in my master's at the time. But Coach Dambra and I talked to my my professor. And they gave me some leeway, so I went to five, but. You know, they went to France, Europe, and, you know, Spain. That's different different countries Coach Drew told me about. I wish I was able to go there. But all of them was nice. The ones here was Akron, New York, Chicago, um, L.A., you know what I mean? Each spot we went to, they had they had a viewing Q&A afterwards. Uh, then the next day they, they had, like, a, a, a event. And then they kind of tied into whatever shoe he had. had uh, it was a all-white shoe, and then an artist from each city painted the shoe, so they had different things. Man, it was it was amazing. In New York, they it was an abandoned building, and, and Nike came in and flipped it, and, man, it was just a great experience. That's cool. That's cool. And the journey towards becoming an athletic director, that kind of got cut out as well. You could just go well, over that a little with bit. with that, um, so Coach Drew got got offered a job at Bedford High School in Bedford, Ohio, when we were, I want to say in Baltimore. And he, he wasn't interested, and he kind of threw it to me. He's like, man, Bedford just reached out to me, and they're looking for an AD. Have you ever thought about it? This It's in your field. You just, you're about to get your master's in it. And, you know, I kind of threw your name out there just a heads up. And I'm like, well, I appreciate it. Didn't know much about it. Went through the interview process, and it kind of opened my mind up to it. I didn't get the job. Great learning experience. Uh, so after that, I, I took a job as a case manager. Then I worked for the Urban League and stuff like that. So I got an opportunity to coach college basketball. I went out to Tawan University uh, out in Murfreesboro, North Carolina. and learned a lot from Coach Vincent, and I thank him for the opportunity. And, you know, that – and it was time for me to come back home. I felt like I hit my ceiling. And, you know, I was applying for different AD jobs in Ohio coming back but what brought me back was i got a head coach job at east high school in akron and you know i'm coming in setting up that schedule trying to get stuff together then come the opportunity at st v that co- that ad takes a job at another place and um somebody reached out to me tell me i should apply and you know it kind of be all she wrote you know went through that process and uh went in and did good on the interview and they gave me a shot because i'd never been an ad before or been in administration um, really walked out on faith. Didn't know I was going to get it and um, end up doing well in the interview and got an opportunity. 
Um, and I, I feel like I've grown in the position. And I, and I enjoy it. I'm not coaching, but I feel like it's an integral part of coaching so coaches can do what they, they do. You know what I mean? And having relationships and uh, building, working with kids, you know, it's just fun for me, man. It's not like work. That's awesome. I, uh, I, I was an IT major, I think, for one semester, and I fucking hated it. It was like, <laughs> it, was like it was like another language to me, man, trying to learn to write code and shit. Like, it was nuts. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And my first year out, before I went and got my master's, I worked at an aeroplace manufacturing company with the IT guys. And I get along with every anybody, but that wasn't my thing. Kind of introvert, kind of to themselves, you know, working on the computer. I'm a people person. You yeah. know what I mean? I like working with people. And that's the total opposite. That's what I realized. After the fact. I, uh, I got a funny story about that. So I, I was in a class. I don't know if it's like... I mean, I think it's funny in retrospect, but in the moment, like I was also, I was like joining a fraternity at the time and stuff. So I was like, I wasn't getting any sleep. I was like, you know, busy as hell. And I remember like this one girl sat next to me and I was like, I was like, yo, like, can you please give me like some, some code for this stuff? Like, I don't know what to write. Like I had to do the handwritten code. I had a handwriting, not even on the computer. And then in the middle of the test, the exam, she stands up, she goes, I don't even know who you are. Like, why are you asking me for the answers? And I was and I was like, oh, shit. I was like, oh fuck! Like, I, had a, I had to beg that professor not to fail me, so I didn't lose credit, so I wouldn't lose my financial aid. Like I was, I was freaking out. Like, I was like, I was like, yo, this girl just fucked me over so bad. It was bad. Uh, <laughs> hey, no, that's hilarious. That that'd be hilarious anyway. <laughs> I, yo, I begged him. I begged him not to fail me. He gave me a D. Thank God. Thank God. Oh, I didn't man. lose my financial aid, but like, oh my God, yo. she almost ruined it for me. <laughs> Yeah, you, you, you try to you try to find somebody at the last minute. As soon as you start class, you got to find somebody you can work with. And you know, she was like she was like a nice girl, cute girl. I thought, oh, maybe you know, you, this, you this, never this... talked to her before that. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe like we could this could build to something, you know. <laughs> hey, you got to plant that seed early, man. <laughs> yeah, I, and I learned it now. But yeah, yeah, man, that was funny, but. So if a, a job as a coach did open up, would you think you want to take that position? Yes, yes, I would. Coming in, I, I wanted, I, I definitely would have jumped at that opportunity coming in. I told them I wanted to, but they let me coach one year, and I had an incident where I let my baseball and softball team travel to Tennessee. And um, the LeBron James rule they put in when we were here, and I know the rule. This was the third time I, my team had went um, while I was there. But this time, they left school early to travel. You're not allowed to, to, to miss school to travel and play in another state. LeBron James ruled the OHSA had. So with that, it was penalty. Uh, they they wanted – so they couldn't go to the state tournament. They couldn't play for a state championship. So that that was huge, man. They, they wanted my head for that. Uh, but they, they stuck with me, gave me opportunity. Uh, but with that, I guess they, they uh, assumed or thought – you know, uh, I missed that because I was coaching. I was coaching at the time. I was a JV coach with Coach Drew. And and, and it wasn't because I approved. I, I wasn't as thorough as I should have been before the season started. We approved that trip in the summertime. I, but I missed it, so I owned that. Uh, but along with that, you know, they told me I couldn't coach anymore. So, you know, I love my job, but it lost some of the luster because my dream was to be the head coach and the athletic director someday. You know what I mean? That was a dream of mine. So now that I can't do it, you know, uh, 
I had to get over it. I had to, you know, I had to process that and get past it and understand there's still an opportunity in front of me. Is it, do you ever want to uh, maybe move on to the next level or do, do you like being at your alma mater? Say again? Do you ever want to be an AD at like the next level or, or do, you, do you enjoy being at your alma mater? I enjoy being at my alma mater, but um, I had a friend when I first got the job, man, I was so ecstatic and thought I arrived. And, you know, but I had a friend that I played football with that's in North Carolina. He's actually an AD right now. And he was looking to go into physical therapy at the time. He humbled me like, man, this ain't the end all be all. It's, you still got levels you can climb. Don't get too comfortable. You know what I'm saying? So that kind of put things in perspective for me. Um, I love being in my alma mater, but I also understand that I believe that there's other opportunities out there for me. Uh, I have considered administration on, on the collegiate level. I've applied to a few uh, smaller schools around here that would look for ADs like Malone University and things like that. Um, so I, I'm open. I'm open for growth. That, that's what I would say right now. I'm open for the opportunity to grow uh, professionally and personally. Yeah, it, it must be awesome, you know, working out your alma mater. You guys got a new weight room now, especially all the history you guys got and everything. Man. Like you, you especially, like you were there for the, the golden age of, of that, that sport. Oh man, it's special. I, I take nothing away from it, man. It's very special. It was special for me to come back. It's special for me to be there now. Uh, and my assistant went went to St. V as well. So to have, and we were athletes, student athletes. So to have someone. Uh, that walked the halls and, and done it before. I, I think it, it it says a lot for the school, um, and, and it does a lot for me, man. It, it, it is I, I enjoy working and helping kids anyway, but the opportunity to come back and do it at at home at my alma mater is special. I can't take anything away from that, mm-hmm. and you know it. it um, it's a lot of tradition, a lot of prestige at the school. And I got great coaches, man. I, I've been blessed to work with a lot of great coaches uh, to challenge our kids to, to do, to be the best they are. We got a great administration. Uh, they are definitely student athletes. They put the time in, in the classroom uh, to, to, it's a privilege to play sports, let's be honest. So they, they put the time in the classroom, the discipline they, they learn in, in school translates over to the playing field and i think that's why we're so successful we're challenging kids on so many levels and helping prepare them for the next level whether it be college life military you know what i mean it's a lot of discipline being installed you know it's it's not easy telling the kid he can't you know you gotta you gotta shave your mustache off and you gotta tuck your shirt in and you know that don't got nothing to do with learning let's be honest at the highest level, you know, you don't matter what you got on or how you look, but you, you get a college education, either you're making it or you're not. But it's the discipline that they're trying to instill it at that time. If you can do that, then going to work and dressing pro- pro- appropriately and things, you know, it's nothing. You've been through it already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit about the, the Dale program. Ah, uh, so uh, blessed, blessed to have a nonprofit currently. Obviously, you know LeBron is is sets sets the standard and and the model for a lot of great things. What he's doing with his nonprofit or his, his foundation, uh, the I Promise School, and all those things. Uh, but my first year at St. V, I got nominated for the Be Me Award, and that was a under the Barack Obama initiative, my brother's keeper. And the Be Me Award was kind of established in five cities, uh, Akron, Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh, Philly, Miami, and somewhere else. But in that, they target five people yearly that are already on the ground doing stuff for the community. 
So someone have, that had won it from Akron already uh, nominated me. <clears throat> I got nominated, went through the interview process, and I was selected. And honestly, at the time, you know, I got a second job. I've been mentoring probably for 10-plus years. And so I, I'm mentoring kids. Uh, before I took, before I left, I was director of athlete, uh, director of sports uh, over at the YMCA Youth Sports. And, you know, coming back and getting this job, he nominated me, and, you know, I won. So I got a $10,000 grant. And it, it, uh, but with that, with that $10,000 grant, you know, I went down there. I didn't know what I was going to do, but, but you go down there and, and for the workshop or the networking event, it really shows you what people are doing across the country, how they're impacting their community. You know what I mean? Uh, one person used his grant. He, he already had, he was giving suits to young men, teaching them job readiness skills and preparing them for work or to go on to college. Another person had an ice cream thing, an ice cream stand that he was taking around to different boroughs in North Carolina and and giving to kids and had a a message. Another guy in Detroit. It was just a lot of great things that that African-Americans was doing to impact their, their community. And it really got me to thinking what I want to do, how I got to where I was, and kind of director of the BME in Akron was uh, Ace Epps, really good guy. I worked with him at Orient House before, and he kind of, you know, asked me what I was passionate about, what I was looking to do. I just knew I wanted to help kids, you know, uh, coming up with a name. And, and, you know, he asked what my mother's name was. Her name was Dale Jean McGee. And then, you know, he helped me come up with the acronym. The Dale program stands for Discipline, Athletics, Leadership, and Education. And those are things I felt like were pillars uh, in my life. The discipline, athletics was motivational, uh, education, the things that I overcame, man. And, um, you know, not not following people, being a leader, getting out of Chicago and kind of making my own path and doing things that I wanted to do and not really falling um, subject to the streets and things like that, having a different avenue. So all those things, when we met, that just that – just, wrote out what I wanted to do for my program. And, you know, those are things now that I do in the summer, during the school year, I don't have, I haven't had enough time to be consistent through the school year, but I push a lot during the summer. But I have people around me now, sounds to me to be greater. You know what I mean? Saying that I should have an event once a, once a month for the kids, um, helping me get funds. And also, you know, saying that you don't got to do it by yourself. Get a support system. You know what I mean? Put people in place that, that are interested or have the same common goals that you have so you can facilitate some of these uh, things that you want to do. And that's kind of where I am now. That's where I was before the, the summer started. Um, but obviously with COVID and everything, you know, my, my stuff really got halted. So I'm, I'm trying to get back on track with that. We were able to do some things. Uh, we gave out, I think, like, Three to four hundred uh, lunches to kids over Christmas break because they the Akron Public started giving food away. Uh, we had another giveaway. Uh, look, what uh, maybe three weeks later uh, we gave three hundred uh, food and different items, uh, essential goods. The second time wasn't food, but it was essential goods uh, to give back: washing powder, deodorant, face mask, sanitizer, and stuff like that along with food uh, to people in the community. And that's trying to impact. Like I said, I have great examples in in front of me and around me. And for me not to uh, take heed or notice what other people are doing and opportunity that's out there, shame on me. So that's trying to maximize uh, opportunities that I've been given and be a, uh, be a, a leader in the community and a mentor 
and help other people like my brother, Coach Drew, Coach Cotton, uh, helped me growing up, you know, being an example to people. Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. If you, uh, we actually just had a guy on uh, last Friday, Doctor Bill. I'm not sure if you've ever seen him. He's on TV, the show, The Doctors. He has a he runs a nonprofit thing, uh, kind of like a mentor thing for young kids out in the LA area. Uh-huh. Uh, we're actually going to go out there and volunteer to help him for, uh, for his yearly event. So if you ever need hands or anything, you know, we, we would make a trip out. Um, Absolutely, I definitely keep you all in mind. Um, I actually, last year, every year, this is the first year I haven't done a back-to-school event for probably four years, and that's with COVID, and a lot of kids in this area went back online, so we're looking to do it for the second nine weeks, but I um, actually had a, a guy come from Japan last year and offered to help, and he showed up and help, helped us that day, kind of facilitate our, our bag giveaway, and we gave over a 1,000 bags away to kids. I partnered up with uh, four other programs in the city. They allow us to use a central location and give bus passes away to get people down there. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it was a beautiful thing, man. It's very rewarding. Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely keep us in mind. We, we'd love to, uh, you know, help out if you if you need an extra set of hands. So, uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Yeah, definitely, man. Other than that, is there any other upcoming projects that you might have in the future? Well, I'm, I'm working with... Uh, uh, a friend of the family and a young man that graduated from St. V. I think uh, I'm going to start a financial literacy class for young adults. That's awesome. Nice. And kind of educate them. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Checkbooks, saving money, investing money, and things like that. Let's try and give them a heads up. You know, a lot of kids, you don't know what you don't know. But the opportunity to educate them and give them different avenues to spark interest in different things that that can shape their life is something we're looking to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just actually talking about that with my parents out. Uh, when I was a senior in high school where I went, they just started doing a financial literacy class, but it was the early stages, right? It was the first, we were like the kind of like the guinea pigs for it. Uh-huh. And uh, I was just saying how I wish that they gave it to that to us sooner, like at a younger age. Like I wish it's something that we knew growing up. Like I wish like freshman year they started teaching us that kind of stuff because that's the kind of stuff you need to know in life. And some people graduate college and they don't even know what they're doing with, with any of that stuff. So, Absolutely. I think yeah, man, awesome. education is key. Definitely. I think that's awesome. But Fab Five coming out with any business moves? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Once we, we are looking at things. <clears throat> we, we're trying to find ways or think of things that we can collaborate to get a joint venture on. So that that is things that we conversate about. Um, but honestly, uh, they are they have a movie that, that is looking to come out or start production here soon after the uh after this pandemic kind of uh lifts and it's supposed to have actors playing us as kids in high school so keep an eye out for that i'm not sure what that timetable is but the last three or four years you know they've been working on it and we've given life rights and uh it 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 will be coming out and i just got confirmation from that two weeks ago and it's probably been a three four year uh path to get to this point but wow. it got to go ahead and COVID hit and it kind of slowed it down mm-hmm. that's did, awesome uh, Brian get you guys a little role in uh, Space Jam 2 or, or what <laughs> no 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 we we didn't make Space Jam 2 we didn't make Space Jam 2 or the uh, but hopefully the next one they, he can get us in there <laughs> get, us, get us on the Toon Squad man. Yeah. I, I was <laughs> maybe like even just like a, you know a little cameo or something <laughs> 
No, not yet. But the thing is, man, all of us do so much, you know, and it works around his schedule. Mm -hmm. uh, but the things that's going on, man, we be need deep, whether it's Drew Rome overseas playing, uh, me with athletic director, Sheon, and what he's doing, you know, our – we can't move as free as some, you know what I'm saying? Because we, we are committed to, to our path of life and stuff like that. But, you know, everything in time, I'm sure that won't be his last movie. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think so either. But, uh, so you got, you got, when was the last time you guys saw Over Together? Uh, probably before the bubble, the bubble, uh, started. We, uh, all got together and it, it was, um, it was a couple's night. We got, we got together for a couple's night. Uh, you know, had a little wine, caught up, and, you know, talked about the kids and how they were doing and stuff like that. And it was a great time, man. Nice. Now, granted, we're on the group text, and we might talk every every day or text every other day. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really been it's really been hit hard lately. You know, John Thompson passed away. Yeah. You know, everybody know what he meant to the game. Um, you know, then over the weekend with Chadwick Bozeman yeah. passing away and Clifford Robinson, Lou Olson, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, everything that's going on racially right now, we all are in tune to what's going on and how it's impacting our community and our family and our day-to-day -day life. Yeah, it's crazy, man. We're actually, we're dropping an episode we, we recorded with Patrick Ewing's son, uh, Patrick Ewing Jr. And we talked a little bit oh. about John Thompson. It was a couple of weeks ago, so it's, it's kind of fresh talking about Thompson's and Georgetown and all that. So, absolutely, and I, it was fair. I, I, I've had an opportunity to meet him once when we in Chicago at the University of Akron. We won the MAC tournament and went to the NCAA tournament and played Notre Dame in the first round. Mm -hmm. And he was one of the commentators. And I remember walking, coming in, and getting checked in right next to him. And I, it, it kind of resonated with me today. You know, I wish I would have got a picture with him. You know, I ain't a big yeah. fan. I ain't a big picture type guy. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, I, I would have loved to have an opportunity to have a picture with him. And, I, you know, I introduced myself and things like that. But, yeah, you cool. know, yeah. I mean, at least you got to meet him, though, you know. That's... No, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I'll, leave, I'll leave you with this because, I mean, you gave us a lot of time. But I, uh, I, I grew up a diehard Knicks fan. I've told this story before on the podcast, but I think you'll find it funny. I, uh, we were courtside this year at a Knicks game for my birthday. Mm -hmm. uh, and Alan Houston is the – I. I think he's the assistant GM now for for the Knicks. Mm -hmm. uh, so I go I go up to my my boy my my two friends that are with us they play professional football. I'm like yo is it like is it like weird of me if I go up to him and like ask for a picture like I don't want to look like you know weird or anything. He's like nah they're like just don't be like you know just be normal like be cool about it. I'm like all right. So I go over I go hey Alan like there's like seven seconds left the game I'm like hey Alan like you know I grew up like a really big fan man I would love to get a picture with you. He didn't even make eye contact with me. He's like I'm working right now man and I was just like wow. I felt like yeah. such a fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Childhood dream Childhood crushed. dream crush. I was a I was a huge Allen Houston fan, I'm a diehard Knicks fan. Like Hey, sometimes hey man, sometimes that's a hard reality, man. Life life hits you at different times. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It was, it was just funny it was um, funny as hell, man. Well, at least you had a friend that, that gave you the go ahead, like go do it. Yeah. So I got a story. So when the movie came out, we went to the premiere and uh, Toronto, Canada, the Toronto Film Festival, and that's where it was first showed. So after the after the the, the film, they kind of had to get together with all the the movie stars that was in there. So that that time that was in the music festival, Secret Life of Bees with Queen Latifah, Alicia Keys, uh, Slumdog Millionaire. So we in there at the little after thing with that, and so we on the we go do a little interview, come back in. 
and I'm like, wow, that is that is that Alicia Keys? And then my dude <laughs> Rome, like, no, that ain't Alicia Keys. That's the director. She's another good looking, light skinned woman. You know what I'm saying? Put you in the mindset, but I I'm looking looking for it because I know. And then it's like she moves and stuff just open up. Like now that's Alicia Keys right there. You know what I'm saying? And I'm a fan. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, I'm about to go ask for a picture. You know what I mean? I'm about, I'm about to head over. You know what I'm saying? And it's like in in mid step, my my dude wrong hit my thigh and that's just just locked my whole body up. Like, hey man, you know the rules. Act like we've been here before. <laughs> and I'm like, man, you know, like, hit me with that right now. <laughs> yeah. like, okay, okay, you right. That's the model. That's what we do. Okay. And I'm thinking back, like, man. Rome always give advice he wouldn't take. I know he would have went over there and got his picture, man. And that nobody could say about it. You know what I'm saying? But man, just you know, just moments like that that you know that 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 you have for a lifetime with friends, man. Yeah, no, it's it's funny, man. Cause like, and I know how I know how he is. Like, he's my best friend growing up. I, uh-huh. I know how he is when it with people. So when they asked him, like, no, like, I, he, he was like, no, nah, yeah, go for it, man. Meanwhile, in my head, I'm like, I know, I know he would hate it if someone did this to him right now. So, right. Yeah. No, do? I get it, man. Absolutely. But, all right, man. Hey, listen, I got one more quick question for you off the record. Yeah. Uh, now, you can't say that. You're still recording now, man. No, no, no. I, 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 I got you. I got you. <laughs> It may not mean nothing to y'all But understand nothing was done for me So I don't plan on stopping at all I want this forever, mine, ever, mine, ever, mine Shutting down in the mall And selling that girl, she the one for me And I ain't even planning to call I want this forever, mine, ever, mine, ever, mine Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.